Hello and welcome back to The Movies, a self-explanatory podcast. I'm Daniel Berrios and today I'm going to be talking about the latest in the video game movie sub-genre, Uncharted, directed by Ruben Fleischer, starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, a young petty thief with a penchant for ancient explorer history who gets roped into a treasure hunt that spans 500 years looking for this intense treasure of Magellan that was uh, lost somewhere on the other side of the world and is reportedly worth over five six billion dollars and to help him find this treasure is the man enlisting him Victor Sullivan or Sully for short played by Maki Mach, Mark Wahlberg and yeah they're just teaming up going on a Treasure Hunt, basically. And this is based off of the series of PlayStation games that started, I think, around 2007, went all the way, I think, for almost about a decade. This series has gone on. Uh, super popular. I think it's, um, what is it, made by Naughty Dog, which made the Crash Bandicoot games, one of my favorite series of games of all time. And they've kind of been, you know, the company that's gone with uh, PlayStation and Sony for the longest time. You know, Crash Bandicoot in the first PlayStation, Jack and Daxter, the series in PlayStation 2, and then Uncharted was like PS3 to 4. And just one of those things where if you're a fan of the PlayStation games, this would kind of be the top seller. This would be one of those iconic, you know, games of a generation, so to speak. And there's a lot of inspiration from adventure titles like Indiana Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean and National Treasure. And so all of this stuff, because it borrows so much from movies and a lot of the reviews of the games would highlight how cinematic the cutscenes looked and how they were shot and orchestrated like a really kick-ass action movie, makes perfect sense to make a movie, right? But yet... This thing gets tossed into developmental hell, you know, for almost almost a better part of a decade. I mean, of course, some of it was due to COVID, but this thing had a lot of directors come in and out. And they finally settled on Ruben Fleischer, best known for Zombieland and Venom. Again, differing areas of quality, but he's a kind of director who has a good way, a good sense of humor, for one. At least I think Venom is fucking hilarious. But um, he's got a decent sense of action and a good sense of humor and just kind of like a workman's mentality. He hasn't done that many movies in the industry, he, but he, you know, when he when he makes a film, I'm not immediately off to say like, oh, this thing's, I'm just going to skip it. No, I like what, seeing what Fleischer has. And this movie, I saw it early. I saw it in IMAX, and it's it's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if pretty good is the the way to say it. I guess my response to it, I kind of have to explain the story that I watched it. I mean, I watched it in, you know, again, early IMAX, but the thing that really made it for me was one of my best friends in the world, Liam Gawhan, uh, critic that writes for multiple websites collider taste of cinema uh dallas observer what have you he was there and i wasn't expecting him to be there so 
when I walked in and saw him, we sat next to each other, started chatting movies. Again, I hadn't seen Liam in forever. Chatting movies, and then the movie started. So <clears throat> this is the kind of movie that you just kind of watch as an excuse to hang out with your friends. You know, I'm not saying that this thing reinvented the wheel, but it also didn't piss me off. It's directed with enough, like, I wouldn't even really say panache. It's more of just like a... It, it, it didn't fuck up the formula, you know, of this kid grows up, there's an emotional connection he has with this sort of adventurous spirit. You know, the emotional connection here for Nathan Drake, played by Holland, is his brother. Older brother, kind of estranged due to some kind of not savory circumstances, but, you know, he really respects him. And it took me all the <laughs> all the chutzpah and mental control in my body to not look at him and do the Dean Winchester semi every time he's on screen because god I I would have done it every single time but you know the kid's got an emotional connection and then the brother leaves and so he's sort of longing for his brother and then when he gets roped into an adventure he's got to like channel some of the things that he feels inspired from his brother to do. Uh, and all of that is okay. I think the problem with the first couple parts of the movie, I would say maybe like the first third and the second third, is that dialogue just isn't great. It feels like placeholder stuff. The kind of thing that... Um, how do you explain it? Like, one of the ways they open the movie is uh, Nathan and Sam, the brother, like, hanging out. And they're trying to get to this map that seems to be, like, the first map ever recorded. And it shows you, like, uh, Magellan's journey around the world. And they'll explain to each other, like, oh, what is this map? Oh, easy answer, whatever, because Nathan's a cocky guy. It's the blah, 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 blah. It's sort of, like, just this... Okay, here's a fake setup to make this seem natural as a response, but really the rest of this sentence is just an explanation to the audience of what's going on. And I feel like a lot of the movie is like that. It feels like they just put in these transitory phrases to make it seem like dialogue and conversation, but really all it is is just kind of like explaining the movie to you. And... I'll be honest, I never found, like, little nuggets. Beyond what Holland's connection has with his brother, I never really found any of the other characters had a connection that made me latch on to anything other than, oh, I just want to be rich, or I just want to find cool shit, you know? Um, Antonio Banderas plays this billionaire who's also spearheading his crusade to go find this treasure because his family has a connection to it and i think that would have been a cool little thing to play around with but the movie just doesn't seem interested in kind of i guess diving deeper into what that kind of hunt because the way that banderas is playing it i mean he's hamming it up not as much as i would like given how silly and stupid this movie gets but he's hamming it up to a point where you're like okay well maybe he could put in some pathos like what does it mean to be someone who's 
family legacy is tied into something that they couldn't achieve, something that's kind of like a failure, or like there's this lingering unfinished business that travels generations. You know, that's a cool little like plot thread or a story thing to build a character around. And yet the movie just seems to kind of put him in this sort of creepy uh, billionaire with a dark motive past. And while some of the resulting sequences can be a little goofy and fun, and especially with some of the production design that's mixed in, that shows him kind of like the cross between the modern billionaire aesthetic and the craving of the past like this guy can't ever like come like he can't ever move on like everything in his environment always brings in some element of history or some element of the past because he's a guy that can't let that shit go i feel like the production design is doing a lot more work than the actual script is it's not letting this character breathe it's not really letting him re like relish in that shit and so as a result, it kind of flops off. And I feel the same way with Mark Wahlberg, but honestly, I don't know if that's just... I think Mark Wahlberg is horribly miscast. It, it, I mean, it's just Mark Wahlberg, and it's just Mark Wahlberg just kind of walking around, and he does the kind of Boston-y accent every once in a while to be like a kind of goofball. But there's no pulse there. There's... Not even anything that's so ridiculous or silly that's really memorable. It's just kind of Mark Wahlberg being Mark Wahlberg. And he says kind of humorous lines that feel like they should be the punchline in the middle of a trailer. That, that's kind of what every dialogue, every line of dialogue spoken by Mark Wahlberg in this movie feels like it should be put at the end of a spot in the trailer just before they transition from... Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland in a room to a shot of Tom Holland and uh, Sophia Ali outside, like doing some adventurous stuff. Sophia Ali playing um, a fellow adventurer who they kind of Shanghai into this crusade. And, you know, it's one of those movies where every crusader, every adventurer is out for themselves. So you got to learn who to trust, who you can't trust, that kind of thing. And she's the one that seems to kind of have a pulse. I really liked her interactions with Tom Holland. They have this sort of like, could, will they, won't they romantic thing. But it's not really romance in the sense it's more just like, a, I guess I have Batman on the brain. A Batman-Catwoman vibe. You know, you can't really trust her. But at the same time, you feel like if they weren't adventurers looking for $5 billion in gold, that they would be kind of friends or maybe even romantic partners. And she's got a lot of spunk to her. I like her in the action scenes. She gets her own pretty kick-ass action scene in a cargo ship. That's that, that's a lot of fun. It's one of those that feels like... A, the way they open up the shot feels like the opening of a video game level. And, and that kind of works. I like the production design where you can clearly tell what elements you should be able to use based on how they stand out in the foreground or the background. It, it feels at that moment like a video game to me. And she's uh, delivering the right amount of sincerity and goofiness. But again, it's a character that just feels underwritten as well. It's something like, I don't know, really know why she wants part of the treasure other than it's a shit ton of money. And that's really it. Like, it doesn't really make an interesting movie. And it's not like this is 
uh, mad, 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 mad world where everybody, the, the sheer scope of the motherfuckers that want this gold is the thing that sells the movie. It's the propulsion of it all. No, it's just kind of like weak sauce part of to the Caribbean movie. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean 4, you know? One of those movies that's trying to get things down to basics, but really it doesn't do the basics well enough in order to really justify sort of that bare bones. Because, again, this movie does name drop influences that are better than it. It name drops Indiana Jones. It names drops... Jack Sparrow, but when I think about Raiders of the Lost Ark or Curse of the Black Pearl, I think about adventure stories that had these characters, while, you know, not, you know, Hamlet or anything, their characterization was done well enough and simply enough that you could kind of just knew exactly who these characters were, you fell in love with them quickly, and then just watched them go on the journey. This movie doesn't really have any of that. It takes way too long for Tom Holland to even get to a point where I find him really that charming. Again, it's that Peter Parker naivete that comes off as just dumb for the most part. Uh, Holland is charming when he's smiling, when he's grinning. Uh, there's a beginning of the movie where he's moonlighting as a bartender and he's doing these flare moves where he's like throwing the mixing glass behind his back and he's doing these cool like talking and sharing his history facts while trying to hit on a patron at the bar. And that stuff is kind of charming and that stuff is cool. You know, I could see why somebody, I think one of Holland's next projects is that he's going to be like in a Gene Kelly biopic. And that makes sense to me. He seems like just a dancer. He seems like he should be in a musical, should be in this kind of larger-than-life environment and just allowed to relish in the joy of simple motion, song, and you know performance. But instead, he's kind of being asked to do a lot of this emotional heavy lifting for a character that really just doesn't have it. And he's asked to be tough, and a badass, and that kid is eternally a babyface. I am very, I'm actually curious as to when Tom Holland is ever going to look like he should be, you know, the age, like he, I feel like the movies are trying to get him to be like this action star, maybe thinking he's Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise looked older at his age. You know, Tom Cruise kind of fits that mold in the face and Tom Holland just doesn't really have it. Uh, you also look at the the cover of the video game, it feels like this character should be played a little bit older. Uh, I'm thinking about him now because he's got this new movie coming out, but Boyd Holbrook from The Cursed, you know, I feel like that's a guy who would fit this Nathan Drake profile, okay? Somebody who's still, you know, a little playful, vulnerable, uh, can be kind of a snarky smartass, but also can, you know, be tough and kind of do the action hero stuff. I think he could pull that kind of thing off. Uh, I feel like this movie is trying to find somebody who could be like Harrison Ford, but Tom Holland is just no Harrison Ford. And again, now that I'm talking about this movie a little bit more, it feels like I'm being really harsh on it, but I'll be honest, it's the bad stuff is stuff that I'm so familiar with from lesser movies. 
And maybe this is just hearkening back to me watching this with Liam, because the movies that were bad that I would watch with Liam, one of my buddies, are movies that are absolutely god-awful and terribly boring, like Independence Day Resurgence, or we would watch something that I love, but he doesn't, you know, Collide, something that is so insanely dumb and stupid that to him, he just checked out. I never checked out of this movie. There was always a little bit of something keeping me. Maybe it was this um, production design that kind of was aping uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and the opera scene. I felt like they were playing around with some levels and having some fun with that. Tom Holland would smile a certain way and be charming. Uh, there's some weirdly absurd shots, like, of Tom Holland shirtless, and I cannot explain this in any other way than it's like a gender-bent Michael Bay ass shot. <laughs> Whoever shot this movie knew that Tom Holland put on some muscle and looked damn good with his shirt off, so by God, we are gonna watch this extended montage of shirtless Tom Holland and his abs that I will never have in my life go about and just train for a, a heist, basically. He, he's doing, like, this Rocky montage before he goes into a heist where his job isn't even to, like, steal the thing. <laughs> It's just so ludicrous, but in a way that doesn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe my tolerance for this stuff is way lowered. And I also imagine that if you're a diehard Uncharted fan, again, I've never played the games. So if you're a diehard Uncharted fan, I can imagine that all you're doing is as much as you'd like to enjoy it, you're looking at the things that are different from the original game and trying to piece together what parts make what and whether you approve of the choices or not. And that's not inherently a bad thing to do. It just, that's your bias. That's the way you come into the movie. And I mean, if that's the way you come in, that's the way you come in, that's fine. But I found as just like a generic, you know, kind of like, teaser action movie before the movie that i'm really waiting for like the batman comes into theaters this is a good distraction this is a good little like throwaway thing for you know less than two hours it's like just barely less than two hours and it, it's fine i will say uh the first two thirds may be kind of like this generic level of stupid but it's really the third third that goes off the rails and it presents more of like kind of the exciting setups for an action scene and it's just little things that i was like oh that you know the the grunts in this movie get it kind of gruesome if you think about it for more than a second you know it's a pg-13 action movie so you're not going to see any heads explode but you kind of imagine that based on some of the shit that happens to these grunts you know there should be a lot more blood splatter <laughs> and chunks all over the place uh, and yeah it's just like these little moments of ludicrous action and kind of like over the top like excess that feels more like a Ruben Fleischer. It feels a little bit more like Zombieland's sense of humor or like Venom's absurdity would pop in at some point. That that kind of like go for broke, not giving a fuck mentality. There were sprinkles of that in the last part of this movie that made me smile. Uh, I really do wish that 
the movie would kind of let itself instead of trying to explain itself to me all the time maybe take some of that time to just let me breathe in the environments because i feel like the production design is pretty cool there's these islands that have you know you take like a boat in order to get to this cave and then inside the cave there's some things that look cool and then you see what they're looking for and i feel like these sets are well designed and i feel like these sets give you a chance to really get into this world but the movie never really takes the time to kind of sink into it you know i i feel like this would be something that if shot maybe a little differently with like a little bit more light or a little bit more color or even just kind of letting moments breathe the sort of exploration there's a moment where like uh nathan drake is on his own and he finds something and this environment could be cool and for like half a second he's just kind of like embracing the moment of like wow look at this thing that i never imagined being from like a, a like a random bartender in new york that i would see something of this magnitude you know that's kind of the fun of the exploration is letting you see and experience and really like fall in love with what you've explored and this movie is so just ready to kind of move on to the next action scene that you never really get to i guess let that feeling sink in and i feel like that's something that's necessary even in movies that are very quickly paced like even national treasure i think had moments like that but um Again, the third third gets kind of ridiculous and the action goes over the top and, you know, the movie just goes as you expect it to. I didn't really find too many twists that would, like, throw me off. Uh, I can't believe I haven't talked about her, though. Uh, Taddy Gabriel from uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She plays the head of, like, the three weird sisters. I love her so much. And I think she can be so, like, deliciously, like, venomous in that show. She's playing kind of like Antonio Banderas' second-in-command in this one. And, God, I really wish they, again, would have either gone more hammy or more, uh, I guess, dark with her. Because it's a great look. She's got a great look for, like, villainous characters or, like, femme fatales or something like that. And the movie suggests that maybe her and Wahlberg might have had a thing. I don't know if I'm looking into it too deep, but they never really capitalize on that. They kind of just give her this empty calorie dialogue and never really take full advantage of just like the venom. Again, it's a character that's kind of like, oh, I'm here because I needed Antonio Banderas needed somebody to be his second in command so he could be like the billionaire behind the scenes kind of thing. And just, yeah. She does get some cool action, though, at the end with uh, with Holland. And I like that they're able to include uh, uh, her in the action scenes and really let her uh, hold her own. I thought that was really cool. But, uh, yeah, Uncharted's just kind of your run-of-the-mill action movie. It's a marginal recommendation for me because I feel like it's not built completely cynically i think that everybody that was here wants to make a fun just let loose let your hair let your freak flag fly film and just enjoy and like a harmless adventure film and uh, 
as far as an adaptation goes, it's probably not going to hit with the audience that it's going for. Just just based on the looks of the characters, that's not a good first step to set forward. Um, I've heard about the fan film that was done with Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake and Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe and Avatar fame as Sully. And those looked a little bit closer. And I actually like the dynamics of those two actors together. I think that would really work. But uh, as far as just like a movie that's going to kill two hours on a Saturday afternoon and give you some pretty visuals and a pretty kicking awesome set of abs and some decent jokes... And honestly, there's a big sequence in the trailer. Everything that's on a cargo plane in a dangerous situation there. In IMAX, that looked cool. That kind of, that was one of the few sequences that really enveloped me into what this world could be. And it kind of sucked me into the moment. That was a cool use of the IMAX. I don't know if you wouldn't gain that kind of perspective if you watch it on just a regular screen and don't pay for the IMAX. But uh, I, if you can get, like, I, I don't know, discounts on an IMAX, I would say do it. But if not, I think just, like, a regular Saturday morning or early Saturday afternoon matinee would be just enough for this thing. I would stay for kind of the mid-credits. Again, if you're feeling the movie by the end of it and you kind of just having a good stupid fun like I am, like, I feel like this has enough in it to set itself up for a sequel. Just maybe there just needs to be a better control of tone. Maybe just need to focus more on character and less on trying to, I don't know, just follow the generic rhythms of fleshing out an action movie. But I'm okay with getting another version of this. It was, it was decent enough. <laughs> so yeah, stick around for, I guess two credit scenes again it's not very long you don't have to wait for the entire credits to get these credit scenes by the way but yeah stick around for those and i recommend uncharted it's fine <laughs> this is <laughs> why did i talk so long about something that is just fine anyway if you listen to the end i thank you so much for doing so again i'm daniel barrios this podcast has been the movies if you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at the movies underscore pod and the next episode i'll be talking about is a movie i have a lot uh more affection for and you don't have to leave your house to go see it steven soderbergh's kimmy which that movie, I I have a lot to say about it. So until next time, y'all take care and stay safe out there, all right? Bye.